to the podcast. This is Life Over Coffee, and I'm Rick Thomas. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode. The title of the episode is The Positive Side of Sharing Your Story with Others. The reason I'm doing this podcast is because one of our ACE students from our mastermind program, Chad, of course, all of our students are ACE students. Chad is just one of them. But he read, a, he read an article that I did that was titled, Slow Down Before You Map Your Experience Over Others. And I have that article linked here. You can read it. And the reason that I wrote that article is because it is a common mistake that we make as we try to help other people. We hear a story. We hear their story. And it can sound a lot like our story. And we begin to map our story over them. And sometimes we can make it all about ourselves and not about them to where we're no longer listening to them. And so I wrote the article, Slow Down before you map your experience over others. And then Chad read that and he asked me, well, let me read to you what he asked me and then that will explain to you where I'm going in this podcast. Chad, our mastermind student, said, in your podcast, slow down before you map your experience over others. You talked about not mapping your experience over someone to where you're no longer helping them because you made it all about you. How do you walk that fine line between mapping your experience over others and giving them personalized, precise soul care rooted in your similar experiences? I mean, we do have a story that God is writing how can we use it for his fame and the benefit of others? Excellent question. Big idea. I want to bring it down into this small podcast, and I hope that it's a benefit for you. If you want to read what I'm sharing with you, you can do that. The show notes are episode 198. The title of it is The Positive Side of Sharing Your Story with Others. And I do want you to see here that this is what this podcast is about, Life Over Coffee. So perhaps you have a question like what Chad had and that you would like for me to work it out, write out a skeletal outline, some show notes for you, give you some internal links that you can read for supplemental reading, and then give you a 30-minute podcast on the thing that you are thinking about. Well, if you have a topic that you want me to interact with, I would love to do that. Uh, make it as short as he did here. It doesn't have to be a, a long note to send to me. Uh, just send me the main idea. And if I have more questions, I will ask you. But I would love to consider doing a Life Over Coffee, uh, Life Over Coffee podcast just for you. So let me get into this, episode 198, the positive side of sharing your story with others. One of the verses that Chad uh, shared with me was First Peter 6, 7. I love this passage of scripture. It's wonderful. I'll read it to you here. Peter wrote this. He said, in this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. There is no question that you have been grieved by 
various trials. And according to Peter, there is no question that those various trials were permitted by God to test the genuineness of your faith so that you may be found to result in the praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And, and you will be found in that great day. But here in this mundane world, this fallen world, the trials that have grieved you, have tested you. And as Chad is implying by this text, we do have a story to tell. We see it here that there is an in, intended future good outcome for our trials and that's what you want to see in all the things that you experience in your life god is permitting these things in your life for the benefit of others for his fame of course and for your good and so chad's asking this question well what about the benefit of others how can i use my story uh, to help others without mapping it over them in such a way that i make it all about me you know, Peter wrote this in 1 Peter, but Joseph also echoed a similar idea in Genesis 50, 20. You know that text very well. As he talked about using the bad things that came into his life for good purposes. Joseph's brothers perpetrated evil against him, and Joseph had such sovereign clarity on the things that the Lord had permitted into his life through his brothers, through his family. He had such sovereign clarity that he could use that story as a teaching mechanism to talk about the goodness and bigness of God. I mean, honestly, the Bible is full of these illustrations where people share with others what God did for them. We see a very basic Illustration of this idea in John 4 with the woman at the well. She didn't know Jesus long, but she went into town and began to share her story to others. And so it is important that you see the things that God is permitting into your life and you use them for his fame, for your good and for the benefit of others. And there can be liabilities to hearing your story through what is happening to others. There's no question about that. Some people will hear their story through what somebody else is sharing and, and it can be a trigger for them. I'll talk about that in this podcast. And though there are liabilities to mapping your story over someone else, there is an upside to having walked in, a, in similar shoes as someone else. I'm not going to address the liabilities in this podcast because I've done so in the article, Slow Down Before You Map Your Experience Over Others. If you want to read about the liabilities of mapping your experience over others, you can read that article or listen to that podcast. But this podcast is about the positive side, not the liabilities, but the positive side of sharing your story with someone else. And before I get into that, there's five things that I want to share with you. But before I do that, I want to give you a warning. And I think that this is important because we make this mistake. This mistake is a common mistake. You don't need anyone's experience to help them. Some people believe that you can't speak into a person's life if they have not had that experience, and that is just not true. There are other people that will tell you, point blank, that you can't talk to them 
because you have not walked a mile in their shoes. That is not true. The Bible does not teach that idea. Whether it's you disqualifying yourself because you say, well, I haven't walked in their shoes, so I can't help them. Or if it's the other person who's saying, you can't help me because you haven't walked a mile in my shoes. It is true that there is an upside to having similar experiences, but it is not necessary to have them. Honestly, if you held to this theory that you have to, that you have to have their experience, you would negate the power of God's word in your life and you would also marginalize Jesus who never smoked weed, never got married, never had children, never got fired for insubordination, just to name a few things that make him so unlike us. And so if you hold to this idea that you have to have a similar experience or you can't help, you not only negate the power of God's word, but you marginalize Jesus himself. There are three common mistakes that people make when helping others. I've mentioned them. One of them is, you can't help me because you have not had my experience. Another one is, I can't help you because I have not had your experience. Don't ever say that. A third one is, I know what you feel because I had your experience. And then at that point, you begin to map your life over theirs and you make it all about you. That's the liability that I talked about in the article. Slow down before you map your experience over others. But in this podcast, I want to address how to use your similar experiences for the benefit of another person. Let's say you do have a similar experience. You walk down a path that looks a lot like, or somebody's walking down a path that looks a lot like your path. And because of that, and because of the mercy of God that he allowed you to walk down that path, you can now bring your experience into this discipleship relationship with that, with that individual. Now, as you do that, here are five things that you need to know. Number one, this may be the most important one, you must be over it. You must be over what happened to you. Let me explain. If you're not mostly over the horrific thing that happened to you, more than likely there will be triggers from their story that will send you into the ditch of emotionalism. Too often a person will hear about what happened to someone and launch into a rant about how a similar thing happened to them and then they go into that similar thing and all the de details of that thing and, and they've taken that thing into the ditch of emotionalism. I made this point, you must be over it, but I do know that you will never be over it in totality and so I would caveat that and say you need to be mostly over that horrific thing. This kind of person who's not mostly over it is still struggling with what God permitted into their life. They are not in a position to be a counselor because they continue to struggle as a counselee. It is not possible to be objective entirely, but you can be so subjective that your thought-infused emotions cause you to veer off from the sound teaching that the other person needs. How do you know that you'll be making that mistake? Well, 
you'll know if you're making the mistake by how you talk about what happened to you. As you begin to talk about your experience and the things that the Lord permitted into your life, the way you talk about those things will be clues as to whether, whether you're over it or not. And if you aren't able to understand that or discern that, maybe you need to share your story with someone else and ask them point blank, am I over it yet? If they are a good friend with compassion and courage, they will tell you yes or no. But you'll know if you're making a mistake by how you talk about what happened. There will be emotionally charged language. And many times there are accusations about what those people did to you. When you start talking about those people who hurt you with, with a bitterness and a harshness and a bad attitude, then you're not over it and you're in no position to be to be bringing your story to bear into another person's life. In fact, what you'll do, you'll place your burden that you have unresolved, you'll place it on their shoulders and it will complicate what they are going through. They're struggling with what is happening to them and then you you lay your load on top of them because you, you're not coming at it from a God-centered, grace-centered perspective. You're not helping the person in front of you by talking about yourself and your hurt. And so the first thing to know as you begin to use your experience in a positive way with another person is that you must be over it. The second thing which flows out of this first thing is you must have an attitude of forgiveness toward those who have hurt you. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And so I want to take my first point deeper. My first point is you must be over it or mostly over it. Often those who hurt us do not come back and ask for forgiveness. It doesn't happen a lot of times. And what that does is that it leaves the lingering effects of the offender. The offender leaves his tire marks on you and these tire marks has lingering effects of what they did to you and if you can't transact forgiveness with them which many times you can't for whatever reason I've shared the story a few times about my father can't transact forgiveness with me because my father it died in 1978 and I wasn't even a Christian then and so there is no way that we could ever transact forgiveness and so I have to work through what he did uh, to me I have to have an attitude of forgiveness which is different from transactional forgiveness and you too may have to develop an attitude of forgiveness toward them and the reason you want to do this is so that you're no longer incarcerated by what they did to you. All sin will not go away because everybody will not deal with their sin correctly. That's why you want an attitude of forgiveness. But this truth of all sin never going away and offenders never coming back and asking for forgiveness, it doesn't mean that you have to hang on to the hurts from others. I suspect that virtually every person that's listening to this podcast has been hurt by other people who have not asked for forgiveness. And it could be for many of you that whoever the perpetrators were, that they will never ask you for forgiveness. 
But that doesn't mean that you have to hang on to the hurts. There is grace to extend an attitude of forgiveness to those who offend you. I have written much about this attitude of forgiveness that you have to transact with others. And if you want to read more, for example, about the story of my relationship with my dad long after he died. You know, you can have a relationship with someone long after they die because of the lingering effects of what they did to you. And I've written extensively about this idea of an attitude of forgiveness. And I have some links that are embedded here in these show notes. And you're welcome to, you're welcome to read those if you wish. You will know if you have an attitude of forgiveness by how you think and talk about your offenders. And so when you enter into helping someone, discipling somebody, the way you talk about your story will be a clue, not only if you are over it, point number one, but if you have this heart, this deeper, this deeper attitude of forgiveness. And if you cannot talk about what happened to you with the spirit of pity for them, the offender, that recognizes how you're no different from them. Honestly, we're no different from anybody else. Maybe they committed sins that are different from our sin list, but at our core, we're totally depraved and we're no different from anyone else. And if you can't talk about them from a spirit of pity that recognizes that you're no different, it would be wise for you to get right before you try to help others through their struggles. If you don't get right, your hurt will bleed out and onto the person you're trying to help. You can't hide your pain you cannot hide your pain. You need to apply the gospel to your pain practically. The Hebrew writer said it this, See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble, and by it many become defiled. You will defile your friend by a root of bitterness if you don't have this attitude of forgiveness. Five things to know as you share your unique story that God has permitted into your life with another person. Number one, you must be mostly over it. Number two, you must have an attitude of forgiveness. Number three, you must offer hope, not your hurt. There is a difference between being sin-centered versus God-centered. I mentioned earlier the story of Joseph. Joseph was God-centered when he talked to his brothers about how much they hurt him. He lived in that, in that parallel between God's sovereignty and God's plans for his life and, and the fallenness of humanity, and that's where you and I live as well. We live right in the middle between what God is orchestrating in his kind, compassionate, sovereign, providential orchestrations and what mean people are doing to us. And you hear, uh, jo you hear Joseph's hope-filled language when he's talking to them. His family, or Joseph rather, was indeed over what his family perpetrated on him. You remember what Jesus said, from the abundance of the mouth, the heart speaks. You can't hide your hurt anymore and you can hide a stain under white paint. All three of my points thus far talk about how your words will reveal the condition of your heart. And if you're still hurting, 
It's vital that you get help before you launch into discipling others. I am not saying that you can't help others at this point, but you will want to be selective in who you help because there will be some folks who mirror your pain so closely and if you're not over what happened to you, those stories that they bring into your life will trigger and dredge up what God wants to help you evacuate. This is episode 198, the positive side of sharing your story with others. Five things to know. You must be over it, mostly. You must have an attitude of forgiveness. You must offer hope, not hurt. Now think about this. If you're sharing this story, your story, with another person, they sense that you are over it. That's, excuse me, that's one of the most positive things that they can feel, that they can sense from what you're saying. You're talking about a horrific event that happened in your life and they sense that you're over it. How profound is that? But not only do they sense that you are over it, they truly believe that you have an attitude of forgiveness toward those people who hurt you. I'm not sure if you could give them scripture that could help more effectively than the two things that I just shared with you. They sense that you are over the hurt and they believe that you have an attitude of forgiveness. You, you can't buy that. Then you can talk about it theoretically through Scripture. For example, when Jesus prayed on the cross, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. That is an attitude of forgiveness towards some evil people. And you can share that verse, that passage with them. But what if you shared your life with them share how you are over it share your attitude of forgiveness offer hope don't throw your burden on their shoulders your story will impact them in a powerful transform transformational way number four you must choose what to use every story will not mirror what god permitted into your life Everybody that you meet, you're not going to say, well, this is what happened to me. You don't want to do that. That's uncool. And so every story that you hear, every person that you disciple, anybody that's sitting in front of you who's struggling with whatever they're struggling with, is not going to be a replicatable mirror of your life. But you can share the fruit of your victory. You can share the fruit of what you have learned with any person that would listen to you. What, I, what I'm saying is that even though you won't use your story every time, you're not, you're not mapping your story over them. What you can map over them is the bountiful, grace-filled harvest of the things you have learned from your hurts and disappointments. This is where you're not mapping your story, you're mapping the fruit of your story over them. Let me give you a list of a few things that you have learned from your hurt that you can share with another person even though they may never know how you learned these things from the crucible of suffering here's just a short list of of the harvest that you can share from your story even though they don't know your story when you're talking to them they can hear how to live in hope as you're sharing with them they can hear how to practically apply god's word 
They can hear how to repent, how to forgive others. They can hear how to have joy. They can hear how to exercise self-control. They can hear how to overlook an offense. They can hear how to stand in awe of God. That is the fruit of your story that you are mapping over them, but not your story in actuality. And there are many other things that God teaches us through our pain. And I'm sure that you can add many more it's these things that you're mapping over. It's these things that you are sharing ultimately, not your story. And even though you can't learn these things without going through your story, you don't have to share your story, but share the fruit of it. Oh, I'm sure that you can learn the things that I've just shared with you academically, but not practically. You can learn how to live in hope by reading your Bible or learning that the Bible teaches this. You can gain this knowledge. You can gain this education. You can learn how to repent, and you can even teach it in a Sunday school class. You can learn how to forgive others, how to have joy, how to exercise self-control, how to overlook an offense, and how to stand in awe of God. You can learn these things academically, but not practically because you haven't gone through that crucible of suffering, but when God is so kind to you to allow you to go through the crucible, you can now teach these things practically because you have experienced them, even though you might not share your story. Your goal is always be more inf is not to be more informational. You want to be transformational in, you, in the way that you communicate. And then thing number five, you must be pneumatic. Spirit-led, walk in the spirits. what I'm talking about. There is no template for how to do this, what I'm sharing with you, because God wants a relationship. <laughs> he wants a relationship with you rather than learning six tips and robotically dispensing them to every person you meet. There's a pneumatic element to our life. As you walk in the Spirit, the Lord will give you the insight to share bits and pieces of your story. Even if you paraphrase or extrapolate the things you have learned from your experience. That's what I was talking about in point number four. You choose what you use was the point. And, and instead of sharing your story, in some cases, you share the fruit of your story. But that is a pneumatic thing. That is a spirit-led thing. You'll always be sharing your story, though you may never be saying, quote, this is what happened to me when I was in your shoes. You may never say that, but you're always speaking from your experience. What you will be doing instead is sharing the hope and the help that the Lord gave you, though you're not talking autobiographically. You're speaking from a broken life that the Lord is using for his fame. And this is the way we all should be. Whether you have walked in a person's shoes or not, eh, whatever. What's vital is that you are sharing those things you have learned about God with anyone who will listen to you. You share pneumatically. You share uniquely. You guard against some of the things that I have, I have mentioned here. They will feel if you are over it and it will impact them profoundly, positively. They will feel your attitude of forgiveness, thing number two. They will experience the, the hope that you have in God they will see the fruit of this adverse story in your life, how to live in hope and the other things that I have mentioned. And you will be pneumatic as you do this. Each person is different. Each interaction is different. So you want to walk in the spirit. 
This is episode 198, The Positive Side of Sharing Your Story with Others. I have a few questions for you. In fact, it's one question per all five points. Question number one, are you over what God has permitted into your life? And again, I will say mostly over. You don't want to be over it in totality, honestly. You, you always want to be tethered somewhat to those memories that God has given you, as long as those memories don't send you into a downcast spirit. But you see God's grace as you look into those mem- memories, not the hurt and the pain and the agony of, all, uh, of it all. So question number one, are you mostly over what God has permitted into your life? If, you're, if, you, if you aren't, uh, then you're more in the role of a counselee and you need to get help before you jump into full-fledged disciple-making. Number two, are you living in an attitude of forgiveness for what the Lord has allowed? Perhaps you need to talk to that friend and ask them as, as they listen to you, as they hear you, do they hear that attitude of forgiveness? Number three, are you more sin-centered or God-centered when you share your life with others? And again, your friend will hear that too. And it's a question worth asking them. What are they hearing when they, uh, when they listen to you? Question number four, do you know how to insightfully share the right bits and pieces of your experience with God and others? You might not be sharing your story directly, autobiographically, but do you know how to share bits and pieces, the fruit, the harvest of the things that you have learned? And finally, number five, what does it mean to walk in the Spirit? Think of a time when the Lord gave you the words to say to someone and how it helped them. Episode 198. Thanks for listening. You have been listening to Life Over Coffee with Rick Thomas. If you have a question for Rick, you can let him know by sending him a note through his website, rickthomas.net. That's rickthomas.net. Thanks for listening. Enjoy your coffee.